Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome in. Can you hear me on this boom mic that's in here today? I can hear you a lot of clear. I'm going to shout upward. Got to stand up. Can you hear me? It's kind of far up there. Can you hear me? I mean, what on earth? Barely reach it. Where's Squirrelbot? Didn't he, didn't he hold one off. of these things in an award-winning movie? Yeah, he's the award-winning boom mic holder, whatever you would call those guys. That wouldn't be a grip. Sound guy. Sound guy. Sound guy. What we would call him? Sound guy. Nothing more, nothing less. You're just a sound guy. You sure you can hear me all the because I'm way down below this thing. You sure? No, yeah, it's perfect. All right, loud as and can, clear. as long as you can hear me, because I mean this mic's way up there. If if the table were stand-up, it'd be perfect. Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Squirrel, why don't you come in here and hold the boom mic? Can you hear me fine on the boom mic? He says he can hear me fine on the boom mic. There he is. Is this Squirrelbot's last day with our little clubhouse? I know he's going to be doing other things around here. It is. It is. We don't even have a... I I would say we'd talk to you, but um, this boom mic is preventing um, (laughs) me from... It's the only mic we have, really, other than the one Ben has. Nobody messes with Ben's mic. I noticed that. Don't touch my mic. Don't touch Ben's mic. <laughs> hey, uh, got some good news today as far as our guy, Governor Wimpy, goes. You know, he's a big fan of the sports. Uh, ben Byron, by the way, cross, uh, cross over there. Hello to you, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Coach Houston knows. Hey, Ben. Um, Fired up. Squirrelbot, you good? Okay. Kind of been here and gone and back and all right. I see you got your Lee Senior shirt on. They knocked uh, Rose out of the playoffs on Friday. Taunting everybody around here. Yellow jackets of Lee Senior. And guess what? They have a bunch of like college football players on their roster again. Guys that'll play college football. They're like a very sneaky good football program. Do you know Ben? They there's something like thirty and two the last couple like three years. Pretty remarkable. I uh, I actually knew. Uh, I was in the football weight training room when they went like eleven and like one. Yeah, and they had uh, one guy go to uh, like a big school up north, Ivy League. So that was, Is that that was right? cool to see. Yeah, they had a couple of guys go to UNC. Had a guy go to App State. Oh yeah, I think uh, one of the guy who went to App State transferred here. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure if he's on the team anymore, but All right. Good stuff there. Thank you for that uh, insight into the Yellow Jackets program. But, I mean, also you you hear a lot about Richmond County and other schools in that part of the state, the triad, but they're, they're very good. They're very good. His alma mater knocking off Rose last uh, Friday. No teams left in Pitt County in the uh, football playoffs. Hey, uh, we uh, do we have a, some Governor Wimpy? You know, he loves sports, Ben. I don't know if you're aware of that. Huge sports fan. 
Somebody deleted all my governor stuff out of here. Did they really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my stuff is missing. What is going on? I'm a little teed off right now. Well, you probably should be. Anyway, Governor Coop Cooper uh, held a presser today, right? Has his mask on and the whole nine yards. And they go. What is that? He's doing a shtick. So, so now Ben. Uh, so Governor Cooper, this is the big headline from this, anticipates social distancing and mass gathering restrictions will be lifted by 2027. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> will be lifted eventually. By, <laughs> will be lifted eventually. Will be lifted by June 1st. How about that? In time for the summer, baby. Just in time for the summer. Uh, the Gub plans to issue an executive order next week outlining safety restrictions for the month of May. Uh, reading from an article here online, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper said Wednesday afternoon that with increasing vaccinations and ongoing work to slow the spread of COVID-19, he anticipates the state will be able to lift all mandatory social distancing capacity and mass gathering restrictions by June 1st. Ooh la la. Cooper says he plans to issue an executive order next week outlining safety restrictions for the month of May. Uh, the governor stressed that North Carolinians need to remain vigilant. There's that word in the fight against COVID-19. Not to be outdone, Deputy Sheriff Mandy Cohn. Stressing that masks will still be important even after June 1st and this restrictions deadline. Cooper says he anticipates the mask mandate will only be needed for people indoors. Doesn't sound like they're on the same sheet of music there. She says the mask 24-7 everywhere you go. He says, well, only if you're indoors. The Gov's trying to take control right now? Wait, wait. (laughs) That's not the agreement we had. So... Look, even last year when this thing was raging on, when did the numbers go down? In the warm weather months, right? All across the board, numbers way down when the weather got nice. Because the big concern was flu season, right? Well, I just—I think naturally people weren't indoors. Yeah. You're outdoors. And, you know, fresh air and sunlight, those that's been that's sort of bared out as things that are, are good for you in this situation. I don't know how fresh the air is now because of all the pollen in it, but but I just I find it interesting that uh, Mandy Cohen is uh, saying that we're still going to have to wear the mask. But I love this June first uh, deal that a lot of these restrictions will be lifted. I had to go to uh, a little checkup today with my doctor. She hacked into me getting some. Uh, so blood you came pump. out of a slasher. Film. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's like Mick Foley, Cactus Jack going in a. Barbed wire cage match is what it's like. This is her first day. No, no, that, that's the thing. It's not her first day. That's the bad part. But um, uh, I asked her, I, I said, Doc, I've got my uh, vaccine. I'm, I'm vaccinated. And, you know, but I'm sure there's somebody out there right now. Oh, look at that. Commie, pinky, he, pinko. He's, he, no, I, it, my body, my choice, baby. You do what you want. One of my very best friends in the whole wide world says he's not getting the vaccine. I've known this guy for over 40 years. I said, well, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine if you don't want to get the vaccine. I'm not saying you have to. It I is just, a choice. For my 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 health and my activity that I do, it's I've made me feel better. So I did it. Go for it. I don't care if you did and <laughs> if you didn't, I don't care. I really don't. But 
I did ask her. I said, "Look, how much? Why do we? Why are we wearing this mask? We're both fully vaccinated here, Doc. Why are we wearing this mask?" And she just said, "The variants." Now, this was all variants. prior. This was this morning, all prior to the to the Gov's announcement and Deputy Sheriff Cohen saying, "Agreeing with my doc that we got to wear the mask." From now until the end of time. See, the excuse I always heard was that even though you're vaccinated, you can still carry it and give it to somebody now, who doesn't doc- have the vaccination. My, my doctor did say that. Yeah, but you, you you did mention y'all are both vaccinated, so. Yeah. But there's some variants. There's some mutants out there. Yeah. No, I understand. I got that. But. um, I did not know about that. Yeah, that's what she that's what she said. I, I would think it would be a little more of a tougher situation when it's cold and more people are indoors during flu season, I would think. But uh, we might need to get Congressman. We haven't talked to Congressman Murphy in forever, and I think it would be good to because, you know, he we would talk to him fairly frequently a year ago when all this mess was, you know, just really getting started in a way. But, but the big story today is the governor is uh, going to lift restrictions June 1st, so six more, five, six more weeks of Roy Cooper. Uh, preventing you from uh, going to see anybody. I, I, my plan is to see my grandparents this weekend. I'm not. I've not seen them in. Per, I mean, Facetime, but I've not seen them in, in person, person yeah. since September. And I was. It was when it was a nice warm day in September, and I went down there uh, and and saw them on a Sunday. But my plan is to see my uh, my grandparents this week. June first. June first. No, I'm not Cooper waiting. Allow well, see, I, no, I'm I'm, va- I'm I'm fully vaccinated. I know. I know. I'm just. And my grandma is now my granddad, Mr. PK, not going to get the vaccine, which is his business. He, uh, you know, puffs on a few lung darts a day and fought in two world wars or two wars, actually. So not world wars, but two wars. So as far as I'm concerned, do what he wants. Man's got a he's got an iron lung. I I don't know about that, but. I'm just saying. He's exercising it. You know, that's probably his. Well, he's he's in pretty good uh, physical shape. He gets along pretty well. So I. uh, you know, that's what you worry about, but uh, I'll social distance from him. Smoke a few fun. darts a day, you know, you're exercising the lungs, keeping them healthy. <laughs> oh, God. Quiet, Ben. Um, so that's uh, that's some of the big news today. I saw this happen for the first time. Uh, ECU Athletics tweeted out late morning about the football scrimmage this weekend. Like the actual, uh, the actual Athletics Twitter account put it out there. It caught on. Uh, join Pirate Football, Daddy Ficklin Stadium this weekend as they host their final spring scrimmage. Saturday, 1 o'clock, admission is free. You'll have to, I'm sure you'll have to wear a mask. Whatever the, the protocols are for everything else you've been to would would be in the would be the case there. And I don't think they're expecting a run on the joint, but, I mean, they could probably accommodate a goodly amount of people, and they'll have plenty of room to space people out. But I did think that was interesting that that was uh, that was sort of the case put out there. I I know nothing about whether you can, what you can or can't do. I would assume they don't want you tailgating out there. I would assume they don't want you congregating out there. Social distancing still yeah, enforced, I think that I'm would sure. Still be a thing. But I guess anything you've done for a baseball game, you could do there. I, I would think that's the rule, although I've not seen anything uh, official on that. But, hey, I'm glad that, uh, that Coach Houston's got that kind of open. He said it was going to happen, and athletics has opened that thing up. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think it's fabulous. Man of his word. There you go. We've got a uh, really. Ex- I'm excited about our guest today on the show, uh, Dave Parker, who was uh, a National League MVP and World Champion twice with a couple of very colorful teams. Uh, one, the uh, 
Pittsburgh Pirates in 79. Willie Stargell and company. They also had some other maniacs on that roster. And I always loved those old Pirates 70s uniforms. I thought that hat was the coolest hat The weird hats. Oh, that's such a cool hat. And then uh, he won with the uh, A's in the late 80s. Part of uh, he was kind of the third unofficial Bash brother in a way. He okay. was that, he was the third guy, you know, power source behind McGuire and Conseco. Conseco uh, spent some time with the Reds, of course. He's got a new book out. Uh, I was not aware until uh, started looking through some of the materials for the uh, head of the interview in the book that Dave Parker actually, uh, less than ten years ago, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So that's uh, something that he continues to deal with. Uh, it's all kind of covered in his book. I'm looking forward to talking to him coming up. He's a pirate for crying out loud. Oh yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have He's him. He's family. On. He is family. We are family. We are family pirates. It was great. It was uh, great. Uh, cool temps are coming our way here uh, tonight. Uh, as of this afternoon, Mount Mitchell, which I believe is the highest point in North Carolina, you got it. 24 degrees at 115. It was 79 in Wilmington. It's a 55 degree. That's the kind of cold front that's about to rip through the east tonight. Jeez, come on. It's it's April. Going to be in the 30s, Ben, the next couple of nights. Don't you love it? Oh, come on now. Uh, we'll grab a break because we, I mean, we we're going to Parker like right at the bottom of the hour. So are we doing Bo, Bojangles today? Let's go for it. Let's do it. All right. Caller Bo-time. five. Caller five for Bo time. 252-561 game. 252-561-4263. Uh, if you're caller five, you will win a Bojangles gift card. How about that? Uh, your chance to enjoy uh, the goodness that is uh, Bojangles, uh, where they are serving up their delicious chicken, fixins, and breakfast biscuits all day long in store or at the drive-thru. If you're ready for some comfort food, it is Bo time. Caller five will win our Bojangles gift card today, 252-561-GAME. We'll be right back uh, with our pirate report in just a bit. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to a new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Matt from Robertsonville is our winner. Of the Bojangles gift card at uh, 252-561-GAME. He joins us now. Congratulations on your uh, Bojangles gift card. It's Bo time. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate y'all. Well, you're very kind for listening and uh, calling in. Here's your chance, Matt. Do you have a statement? Do you have a question for me or Ben Byram? You know, he lives quite a life, so you could ask him uh, anything. I don't know what kind of answer you'll get. Anything you want to ask, anything that you want to make a statement on, the floor is yours here for a few seconds. What you got? Oh, man. Uh, I am a high school baseball coach right here in Martin County for uh, the Beargrass Bears. And we're gearing up. We finally get to start play uh, next week. Um, but the ECU baseball team, I mean, they're on a roll. What do you guys think about, you know, do you think they're going to get super regional? Do you think possibility of finally making that breakthrough to the College World Series? I know a lot of people around here would love to see it. All right, so first of all, you're coaching the team at Beargrass, is that right, the baseball team? Yeah, I'm the assistant coach, yeah, for okay. our, uh, our head coach, Terry Perry. He's been around there for a long time. Yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about, yeah. So now, um, what kind of uh, season are you all going to have? 
I shortened up with the <laughs> sanctions that the High School Athletic Association right. put on. So we got about seven weeks starting Monday. Okay. Um, but I mean, what kind of team are you going to have? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. What kind, what kind of team are you guys going to have? Well, we made it to the Eastern Finals back in 2019, and we lost a lot of uh, players from that uh, good squad we had. So we're, we're a young team. And looking to get a lot of experience and trying to build the program back up, uh, we should be pretty competitive. But in the small schools around here, the one A ball, there's a lot of good teams in the eastern side of the state. Um, so we're hoping to to compete with them in a deep playoff run. I think um, I've enjoyed the spring football. My heart absolutely broke last year for like all the high school baseball players, softball players, soccer. Uh, track and field, anything that was a spring sport that just got totally wiped out last year. I, I thought that was terribly unfair for the seniors, more so than anything. Yeah. That was so Yeah, it so was tough. tough. Yeah, just it was really uh, – it, it just wasn't a lot of creativity and thoughtfulness to that decision, in my opinion. Um, no, look, I, I think this thing with uh, because they're doing it because of COVID protocols. And, and what are they announcing? It's around the 11th or 12th, Ben. Is that right in May? With the uh, uh, regional and then super regional. What's interesting, and again, this is Cliff Godwin's interpretation. I would say it's my interpretation. Uh, let's say uh, there's a the, the two two national seeds that are playing are Oklahoma and uh, Clemson. I'm just pulling two teams out of thin air there. If Clemson... Uh, is chose to host the Super Regional and loses, Oklahoma would go to Clemson and play whoever won that Clemson Regional. Does that make you follow what I'm saying here? Yeah. So, in other words, the real pratfall in this is, let's say ECU does get a Super Regional bid because, you know, they put in for it. Um, right. And it's going to be announced ahead so you'll know it ahead of time. Boy, wouldn't it stink if there were a Super Regional in Greenville, God forbid, uh, and ECU were not in it. That's a very realistic possibility because the, you, you've got to go ahead and determine those sites. Now, I have, look, I, I think it's pretty certain that ECU will, will likely host a regional. They'll be a regional host. That, that's a slam dunk. But, I mean, how are they going to view games? Lo- because, you know, I, Gary Overton brought up a very good point here recently, Coach O. If you go out and have, I think it's two series canceled, because of COVID in the American this year, it doesn't matter if you're the first place team or the last place team, you go to the bottom of the seating for the conference tournament. Now, I don't think, you know, at the end of the day, you got to win at a neutral site. You got to win games anyway, and it maybe just affects your game time and, you know, quality of opponent potentially. But how does how will the NCAA look at that? I, I'm sure the NCAA is looking at games and record and RPI, they're not looking at where you were seated in your conference tournament. So if you wound up as a team maybe that finished second in the regular season, but you missed a couple series, so you end up in the standings, I don't know, sixth or seventh, let's just, I mean, are they going to say, well, we can't, you know, that was the seventh place team in the conference? No, they weren't. Uh, I'm kind of rambling on here, but I, I think this is, they have as as good a shot to get that far and to get to Omaha as they have uh, ever had. But I will just caution this. Coach, I will just caution you with this. You know, ECU brought a lot of really talented, deep uh, pitching back. They've got some great players. Obviously, Connor Norby's having an unworldly year. But there are a lot of other programs out there 
And I think it's hard to tell this year because you don't have a lot of the commingling in the non-conference among teams. The SEC is all kind of beaten up on each other. Big 12 all kind of beaten up on each other. I don't think the ACC is quite as good as, as it has been as far as overall depth in the conference. The American, and, and we can talk about how there are competitive. I mean, it's a competitive team coming in here this weekend in UCF. Uh, but record-wise, the American is not as deep. And I think ECU is a, a notch, a pretty solid notch ahead, a better head above everybody else. So you don't have those measuring sticks to really determine how good West Coast teams are because they, they're not really commingling and playing one another this year. So I, I think it's going to be very, very interesting once you get into the tournament to see how these matchups go. Because, yes, ECU is a fabulous team. They're a top-five quality team in the country. But there are some other teams out there maybe that, because they haven't played that many games, they're just playing in the conference. Their conference is deeper. It's brutal. So their record's not that great. I just, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this committee's going to go about assigning that for other national seeds, how we're going to look at these other national seeds that have maybe not played that many non-conference games and are only playing conference games but are playing them in a deeper conference than, say, the American or the ACC. Hey, congratulations on the Bojangles, and uh, good luck to you guys this season. Appreciate you, Patrick, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, take care. Uh, another little piece of pirate news. we got to grab a break here because we want to get to Dave Parker and have as much time with him coming up at the bottom of the hour as possible. Ryan McIntyre has been named the diving coach for ECU. Uh, Matt Jabs announcing on Wednesday that Ryan McIntyre has been named the new Pirates diving coach. McIntyre comes to ECU after a stint for the last four years at Florida Atlantic. So uh, that staff starting to fill its way uh, out a little bit as ECU has hired a new diving coach. Ben, you ready for an update? Pickens are a little slim out there. Uh, a former ECU player, though, and a former D1 head coach has uh, landed on an ACC basketball staff. Uh, ben, with that and more, with a, an update, and then Dave Parker will be set to join us on the show. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. We start with news from Governor Roy Cooper as the announcement with the increase in vaccinations. He anticipates mandatory social distancing capacity and mass gathering restrictions to be lifted by June 1st. Just announced from ECU Athletics, the revamped swimming and diving program has announced their new diving coach and former Florida Atlantic head diving coach Ryan McIntyre. For college basketball, Clemson is expected to hire former ECU player Kareem Richardson as an assistant coach. Richardson is the former head coach at UMAKC and was most recently recently an assistant at Indiana State. And former Wake Forest head coach Danny Manning will join Mark Turgeon's staff at Maryland as an assistant. From the NFL, the league is set to announce the full 2021 season schedule on May 12th. The league also held their annual meetings and some interesting new rules that got approved include overtime being eliminated from preseason games, restrictions on where players can line up on kickoffs that will give kick a kicking team a better chance at on-sign kicks, and now more positions can now wear single-digit numbers Good running backs, defensive backs, tight ends, wide receivers, and linebackers. Despite mutual interest, Buffalo Bills GM Brandon Bean says that he is he's in no rush to sign quarterback Josh Allen to an extension. The Philadelphia Eagles are looking to sign, or who knows, maybe even draft a quarterback. They desperately want competition in that room. GM Howie Roseman and new head coach Nick Sirianni declined to name Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback for 2021. 
The Cincinnati Bengals are optimistic that Jurrell will play in the season opener after receiving a reconstruction of knee surgery last season. And from Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros have reached a one-year extension with veteran catcher Mark Maldonado. The Milwaukee Brewers are signed former All-Star D. Gordon to a minor league contract. For your 94th inning game sports update, I'm Ben Barman. We return with we'll former NL MVP Dave Parker after this quick timeout. Oh, I was so excited. We had it all planned. Dave Parker and the We Are family from Sister Sledge. And this is apparently a gaggle thing that uh, he's, he's doing the roulette where he doing goes the around. Rounds. He goes around the world and does radio interviews. And we're in the queue or something right now. And so cue the song back up. And when we get him on, we'll play right. it over again. All right, we'll redo it. How does that sound? I like that idea. That way we don't mess up the best of, right? Uh, welcome back in. A little behind-the-curtain excitement there for you here on the Patrick Johnson Show. It is uh, quite warm right now and quite breezy, 50, uh, 73. Uh, we're looking at a low tonight of 37. And wind gusts as high as 22 miles an hour. 61 is all the uh, high we're going to be able to muster tomorrow despite lots of sunshine. And then 34 tomorrow night. So not quite at freezing, but pretty darn close. Friday's going to be uh, 68 with a mostly sunny uh, sky. And uh, could get a little gusty with the winds at time. Uh, at times. Uh, 90% chance of rain Saturday. Rats. It's not going to be good for the uh, ECU football scrimmage, is it? Uh, 90% chance of rain. That's too bad. So uh, there's a lot of places to go here, and I, I don't want to do anything that's a real serious deep dive at the moment because uh, we are, as I say, uh, waiting for the great Dave Parker and his handler to, to phone us here to promote his new book and talk to him, which I've been very excited about doing. So I'll just get into this little bit of uh, popcorn uh, sports news. Uh, ben and I talked about this briefly on Monday. Uh, Jake Paul. Ben, for the benefit of those with uh, without uh, a worldwide web presence uh, or who are not on the uh, YouTube tracking the every uh, move of Mr. Beast or uh, Cutie Pie or whoever, who is Jake Paul? He's like a he's like a YouTube vlogger. I think his brother's a little bit more popular, but he's kind of like the controversial brother, the when it stirs up all the trouble. Uh, this you have you'll have no idea who I'm talking about. Nor will Squirrelbot, which by the way, nice to see you uh, have come back in for the show. Um. He's the Roger Clinton of uh, YouTube. In other words, he's like, you know, there was Bill Clinton. Uh-huh. And then Roger Clinton, his much less successful brother, who was kind of a, a checkered past guy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. That's the Paul brothers in modern parlance, uh, or in a modern example, I suppose. So I told you that Pete Davidson, who is a tremendous dope, <laughs> um, and not real funny, but by, by those that know him, in all accounts, a, a good guy. I think he's – I'm not going to get off on a tangent there on Pete Davidson. But he – the thing – I did laugh at his thing this weekend because he was jive-talking Jake Paul in some kind of broadcast coverage that made its way onto the form of a clip of the cesspool known as Twitter. So now Jake Paul has become super upset that Pete Davidson mocked him on this boxing broadcast. Oh, my gosh. Is this a legit sort of thing, or do you think that this is setting up for another one of these celebrity boxing? No, I don't think Pete Davidson's going to step in the ring with uh, Jake Paul. But uh, He might could get make some money. Why wouldn't he? 
he got paid half million dollars. Why wouldn't he do it? First of all, these fights got to be sanctioned, and I don't think anybody's going to sanction a fight between a twig wait and a, a. Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're telling me that all these these bogus celebrity boxing things have to be sanctioned? Yeah, yeah. Are I'm, you serious about that? I'm dead serious. You can't just hold an event event and box. What if it's like a made-for-TV charitable thing? I guess somebody has to say you still because you have yeah. to have medical personnel on hand, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Saturday, sports fans are just people who wanted to see Jake Paul get punched. I'm reading from an article here now, Ben. We're treated to an abomination of a boxing match between the controversial YouTuber and retired UFC fighter Ben Askren. Did I get that right? You got it. Perfect. I actually met Ben Askren when I went to UFC out in Raleigh. He was sitting in my section. Was he really? Yep. Didn't somebody get knocked out during that or have, uh, like, a bad injury and he, you, you were, like, up screaming and their fa- their family was right there beside <laughs> no, you? He just got – all he did was he just submitted. He just tapped. And I oh, was just okay. hyped because finally something happened and his family, yeah, they were – They were right. So you were in the family sect, the friends and family sect. I, I guess so. I, I didn't realize it, but probably so. Well, you were there with Askren? And you were there with some the family of the fighter who tapped out. Yeah. That would seem to me that you It's an elite the, company, I guess. You were in the VIP family and friends section, it would seem to me. Ben Askren's now a millionaire because of that fight. Well, that's what I mean. If you're Pete Davidson, you're not making... You might be scratching a million bucks a year for Saturday Night Live, right? I would think so. Saturday Night Live, I mean... Maybe. The ratings are probably down, but I'm sure you still make good money. Yeah, they don't get as paid as great as you think they would. But, I mean, you're, you're still... So why wouldn't he take a million-dollar or half-million-dollar payday to fight this guy? I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's – people pay to see that? The fi- I'm going back to the article here. The fight itself was as much a joke as many expected, <laughs> and Paul won the bout with a first-round knockout of Askren, who clearly didn't bother to prepare for the fight. But despite Paul following up his shocking Nate Robinson KO, Suppose the guy knocked out Nate Robinson. Yeah, you don't. I, I thought you remember that. I, no, I don't. I, I, I do now. Uh, the real star of the show was comedian Pete Davidson, according to the, whoever wrote this article. Davidson was hired to host the Thriller Fight Club pay-per-view, and he used the gig as an opportunity to roast Paul. It turned out that Paul didn't appreciate that a comedian would dare make fun of him. And uh, on his podcast, Paul cursed out Pete Davidson and genuinely seemed upset that the SNL personality basically got paid by Paul to make fun of Paul. Paul's a little bit of a loose cannon, Jake Paul. So Jake Paul was the guy who produced the pay-per-view fight as well. And so he's the guy who hired, he's probably a fan of Pete Davidson, and he hired Pete Davidson, who turned around and mocked him. It's a comedian. What do you expect? That's fabulous. That is fabulous. What a circus. No, it, it was a circus. I think this is going to lead to something. Yeah, the P-Man's predicting it right now. Possible Pete Davidson, Jake Paul. I, If not now, later. Because at some point, they're both going to need a paycheck. That's my belief. So there we go. Uh, we're waiting for Dave Parker, apparently. We're still in the mode of... What's Squirrelbot? Does Squirrelbot have a, an update for us on this? Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. What do you say, Ben? Oh, we okay. Here we go. Well, uh, Ben, what? Uh, hit the music. Hit the music. 
Oh, there we go. Dave Parker joins us here. It's great to talk to you, Dave Parker. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, we're great. We're in the heart of pirate country in Greenville, North Carolina, Greenville, America, the ECU Pirates. You're uh, known for, obviously, a tremendous major league career, but a world champion and MVP. Uh, of course, the champion with the A's, but champion with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So one pirate to another, we say R to you here and welcome you uh, right. to Pirate Nation. Uh, a new book out that Dave Parker uh, has. Uh, the book uh, takes you inside the Cobra uh, with uh, his uh, brand new book, and uh, it is entitled Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. This is some pretty uh, raw and real uh, stuff here. You didn't hold, I mean, you didn't hold back as a player. Uh, on the field and and uh, in the media, and I I think this is uh, right up there with that. You didn't hold back in this book. No, I didn't. I mean, this uh, book brings back a lot of memories, guys that I played with, brotherhood, being a part of it. These guys were truly my brother, and uh, I've got a perfect time to let people know just how good we were as a team. And how we felt about each other. I love the uniforms of those '70s Pittsburgh Pirates. How did you guys feel about the? That was my the the, the retro hat craze in that first round of it when I was a kid. Um, I love the Expos hat, and I love the old Pittsburgh. So I had an old Pittsburgh Pirates hat, and I would wear that thing occasionally because I just it was so cool. The, the, the was, they were so gaudy and loud. The, the old stovetop, I loved it. Did you love the stovetop hat? Yeah, I got about four of them around the house that I saved through the playoffs and World Series. Like the genuine uh, original ones is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do they still fit pretty well, or do you still put them on occasionally? Always had a big head, but I didn't take it away from <laughs> baseball. <laughs> Uh, Dave Parker with us. Uh, he's got a new book, Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. Uh, I was sort of um, uh, stunned to, to learn a few years ago and then getting ready for this, uh, had that memory rekindled. Uh, and you do talk about this in the book, about uh, you you were diagnosed with Parkinson's disease uh, a handful of years ago, and uh, that's part of your everyday now Uh how how are you doing with that? Uh, and again, you do go into some of it in the book. Well, you know, it's a, a situation where you got to deal with the hand that's dealt, and uh, that's what I do because every day is something different. Parkinson is uh, a disease that they really don't know that much about, and uh, I deal with it, you know, day by day. Spend time with my grandchildren help youth uh, in the neighborhood, learn how to hit, you know, so I do stuff to stay occupied. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, you're back in Cincinnati now where you grew up, you played with the Reds a little bit in between the Pirates and, and the A's. Uh, and I look back, uh, you had a chance to to play for, for Pete Rose, and there were a lot of people who, uh, you know, talked about you played like Pete Rose played. Even though you were a five-tool guy, you played your heart out every single time. I mean, there was uh, one of our listeners reminding me today on social media about, uh, you know, these two throws in an all-star game. I think it was the 78, I don't remember if it was the 78 or 79 all-star game. But, I mean, you make these two great throws, 
in in that game. So even in the All Star game, you were going all out all, all, all of that time. And is that just from watching the way Pete Rose played the game as you were growing up? No, that's just a, a style of ball that they played in Cincinnati. I had exceptional speed, so keeping me off a second on a, a ground ball to the outfield was virtually impossible. But uh, that was a style of ball that Cincinnati played, and Pete Rose made it famous. You know, Charlie Hustle, that's what he was. He was mm-hmm. Charlie Hustle. And then didn't one of the managers, Chuck Tanner, I guess you were a little advanced in your career at that point, but didn't he tell you you played too hard? Chuck would set me out if we had a big series coming up because of my style of play. Wow. Because uh, I was physical. I would run over catchers, dive for balls, slide in the fences. So I was I was physical, and uh, Chuck knew it. And if we had a, a series coming up that was important, he'd give me a half a day off or a full day. Uh, we've got Dave Parker with us here. Uh, we we had the uh, Sister Sledge tune coming in '79, uh, and obviously the great Willie Stargell was sort of the the leader of the team. But you were kind of the energy guy on those great Pittsburgh teams, particularly the one that won the World Series. That that's what I've always I've always read. And, and you tried to keep it loose in the clubhouse, didn't you, Dave? Right. That was my job. I was a sergeant of arms. Um, <laughs> I kept everybody laughing and loose. Uh, Madlock used to tell me all the time that uh, I was, uh, I got a a house full of people just walked in. Oh, that's fine. That's all right. That's okay. Look, it's like that that clubhouse with Madlock and then Doc Ellis in it. I mean, you were the number one character in that clubhouse, and those guys were some characters. So I know you're the number one character right now in the house you're in right now. Right, <laughs> evidently not. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of I don't a lot of personalities. Let's just say uh, on that '79 team, though. And I mean, you you mentioned Bill Medlock and then uh, Doc Ellis, uh, Phil Garner, and you kind of famously ribbed each other in everything I've read over the years. You guys were really kind of giving each other a hard time, but it was done, you know, from a place with love. It had a little edge to it. Was that all part of just keeping things fun and loose and, and spontaneous in the clubhouse? Yeah, that's the way we liked it. Phil was a clubhouse lawyer. He always <laughs> uh, had something to say about whatever the situation was. Yeah. And he used to keep me off because he would go take my music out of the stereo and put his in, and his was heavy country western. <laughs> and I was like, I was like more... Uh, Sly Stone. Yeah. And uh, we used to have fights about that. And guys would come to the ballpark early just to see us go at each other. <laughs> but Phil and I, we just loved each other. And that, that was a part of one of the rape relationships I established. Uh, we've got the great Dave Parker uh, played uh, and was the MVP in 78. Multiple All-Stars, uh, played with the Pirates, 79 World Champs, went to Cincinnati, his hometown team, as a free agent, got to play for Pete Rose. And, and I have a, a Pete Rose and Barry Bonds question, which I'm sure you've been asked a million times, but I wanted to ask that to you. But then you go to the A's uh, a little later in your career and win a, a world title there. And I was explaining to our producer, Ben, I always viewed you as kind of the 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 third Bash brother in that lineup. 
would that would that be an accurate? I mean, I know you were bringing a lot of experience and other tools to the game, but it just as a as a kind of a young baseball fan, when I you would see McGuire and Conseco and Dave Parker, I thought all these guys do is is hit home runs. It's amazing. Yeah, we uh, had a squad of Bass brothers. Yeah, Conseco uh, and McGuire and myself. We used to intimidate the opposing pitcher. They didn't even want to stay outside and watch us take BP <laughs> because uh, we uh, were the original Bash brothers. Yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, and again, I know you've been asked this before, and we'll we'll mix McGuire in there. Uh, Pete Rose, Hall of Fame or no, in your opinion? Uh, Hall of Fame. You know, deal with him for what he did on the field. He's the hit king, for God's sake. You know, and, and he's a strong believer of, you know, Hall of Fame members and all-star members are guys that did it on the field, and that's what he wanted to be graded on, yeah. what he did on the field. Yeah. Uh, Barry Bonds, obviously, much like yourself, an icon in Pittsburgh, even though I think a lot of people will remember the San Francisco part of his career, for better or for worse, but... Uh, his time prior to San Francisco, and even in the early years at San Francisco, you could take the first half of his career and just say that alone makes him Hall of Fame worthy. Does does Bonds ever get in? Well, Barry was the best player in baseball for a few years. And uh, when I heard his possible use of that substance, made me think why. He, he was the best all-around player that they had for about three years. McGuire, you played with him in Oakland. He's uh, kind of done his mea culpa and is back in the game or has been back in the game coaching. Uh, does does that, where he's admitted his transgressions, does that get him into the Hall of Fame perhaps before the other two guys? And does he does he belong in the Hall of Fame in your estimation? Well, I tell you, it didn't take no rocket scientist to know that it was abnormal, some of the balls that he hit. Yeah. I was the hitting instructor for him, mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis, doing that home run race. And uh, like I said, it didn't take a, a rocket scientist to, to see that what he was doing was kind of abnormal, but you had to hit it. You know, they didn't just didn't sit on the tee for you. Yeah. You had to hit it. So, Dave, did you did you sort of suspect something funny was going on there in 98? Well... I, I knew they needed something to bring baseball back to the fans. Right, yeah. Uh, so the fans had kind of lost it for a minute, and they needed a Sammy Sosa and Maguire home run battle. I think that brought baseball back to in the status that it was accustomed to being. Yeah. If there's one thing you would want to be known for in your career, uh, Dave, what would it be? That I... Played the game the way it should be played. I hustled on every ball at the first base, regardless of where it was hit, directly at the first base and second base and whoever. And uh, I uh, enjoyed playing with uh, my peers. I mean, baseball was something that I loved, and I wanted to display that in this book. And uh, I'm glad that it's getting out there. 
If you want a book that really uh, not only remembers a real fun time in baseball, but also uh, takes a real raw and honest look at uh, a career and at baseball, Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood, Dave Parker, uh, the uh, former NL MVP, world champion, a couple of times over. Uh, this has been fun. I really enjoy you, uh, enjoyed you uh, taking a few minutes to speak with us here, and it was great, a great honor for me to talk to you, and uh, best of luck with the book. And uh, hopefully uh, somewhere down the road we can maybe catch up with you soon. That would be nice. I would enjoy that. All right. Thank you, Dave. Great to speak to you. Thanks for the time. All right. Take care, guys. There he goes, uh, Dave Parker. Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood, available right now wherever books are sold. We'll grab a break, come back, and wrap things up after this. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Appreciate Dave Parker coming on with us. I know with uh, Parkinson's and having to do like a bunch of interviews during the day, it's kind of tough. But, uh, don't know how much he had left of the tank there for today, but it was... He I had think his was, family walking yeah, in. I think he somebody walking the house. Very giving with his time, and we appreciate it. I'll tell you what the big story out of that to me is, is that he basically admitted that yeah, we knew something was up with McGuire during the home run chase. <laughs> he said he didn't take a rocket scientist. I mean, well, I mean, I think everybody suspected. But see, you remember last year the the documentary the documentary, out, yeah. and they addressed it in that, obviously. But I mean, see, I, I was old enough to really remember that, and it was just fixated uh, on it because I was in school, and and I just it was a huge thing for baseball i mean you have no idea how down to the dumps baseball was and then they came back that that's the reason why you think that deserves a hall of fit a hall of fame bit alone just the well, fact no, that I they kind of revitalized baseball well yeah maybe I, I think mcguire will get in before so i don't think sosa ever gets yeah in. i think so too and i think that's unfortunate because i really love sammy sosa as, he's one of my favorite chicago cubs he and andre dawson uh are, are Two of my favorite Chicago Cup players ever. And Dawson's in the Hall of Fame. We'll get into uh, we'll do some more of that this year with the, especially this offseason stuff, um, you know, baseball hall and all that, because that's, that's that's a good way to fire people up. Always interesting conversations. Everyone's got an no, opinion. opinion. He sounds like uh, he's not too optimistic about Pete Rose, but maybe a little more optimistic on Bonds. But he's right. I mean, even if you take out the steroid stuff of Bonds, he's a Hall of Famer that part of his career. Thanks to Dave Parker. Thanks to Ben. See you, DJ Squirrelbot. And we'll see everybody else tomorrow with Donnie Kirkpatrick.